The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The right of the people to keep and wear orange shall not be infringed. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at Q's Militia Podcast and follow on Twitter at Q's Militia. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. As always, if you like it, please share it. And if you would subscribe, that would be awesome. Thanks in advance for that. Today, we've got a special guest. Dr. Donald Staffo is going to join us here in a moment. And we are going to discuss his new book, Jim Beheim and Syracuse Basketball in the Zone. I cannot wait to get to that. But first, we got to hear from the folks over at MyBookie. And y'all know the deal. If you're... If you're a novice like me or you're an expert like Joe and you're betting online and you're not getting matched dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks in house money, then you're doing it wrong. You need to go to my bookie. And as you know, they've been in business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use. I would obviously only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting over unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. They are slammed with new betters right now and they want to give you the best possible service. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m., they'll give you an additional $25 Free play on deposits over a hundred bucks. So you deposit a hundred bucks, use promo code QS25 after 7 p.m., and they'll match you a hundred plus twenty-five. So uh, go to go to mybookie today, mybookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Now, don't forget to use the promo code QS25 after 7 o'clock, but if you're going to deposit before then, you just use promo code QS, and when you're creating your account, you use that promo code, and they will still match you dollar for dollar up to $1,000. So you know the deal. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie. All right. Now, let's get to it. All right, join us now on the Q's Militia podcast is Dr. Donald Staffo. In 2013, he was inducted into the National Association for Sports and Physical Education Hall of Fame. He is the recipient of the three highest national awards given by the American Alliance for Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. Staffo is the author of 10 books, more than 2,100 articles, and a health and fitness newspaper column that ran for over 20 years. He has made 73 presentations on the national, state, and local level. He has served on 35 editorial and advisory boards and for the last 30 years he has covered University of Alabama football and basketball for the Associated Press as well as other publications the list of credentials go on and on we could do an entire show on that but we're here to talk to Donald about his new book Jim Beheim and Syracuse Basketball in the Zone the forward is written by Syracuse legend Dave Bing 
Basketball commentator Dick Vitale, who Syracuse fans know well, gave his endorsement on the front cover saying, a must-read for Syracuse basketball fans. Thumbs up. Bayheim's teammate from Syracuse, Rich Duffy, said, it's a terrific book. Don Staffo nailed it. It's true. It's accurate. It's a great read, and it's better than Jim's book, Bleeding Orange. And I told Jim that. All right, so thanks for taking the time out today to talk to us about your book, Don. How you doing? Good. Thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast, Sean. Absolutely. So you've written four other books about Alabama. And uh, what exactly was it that interests you in writing a book about Jim Beheim and Syracuse basketball? Well, uh, I'm, I grew up in uh, upstate New York, about an hour east of Syracuse. Uh, I was le- I'm a lifelong fan of the Orange. I remember going to football games in Archibald Stadium, basketball games in Manly Fieldhouse. Uh, I can remember... I had season tickets for basketball. Um, I could remember the uh, the zoo section, the, the the student section of the zoo in Manly Fieldhouse. Sure. And uh, I described that in detail in the book. And not just me, but I asked you know players that Bayheim first recruited Roosevelt Bowie and Dale Shackelford and Louis Orr, their description of the zoo. So uh, I go back that far. Uh, and then... Um, uh, Bayheim being the second winningest coach is reason enough to write a book, but there's a lot more than that. Uh, Bayheim is a polarizing figure. There's some people that like him, there's some dislike him for whatever reason. So I, I try to deal with those issues in a fair and balanced way, uh, not just from my perspective, but I talk, I asked Patino about it, I asked uh, Shashevsky about it, if I tell. I brought the issues up and, and the responses to all those of the critics and so forth. That's all in the book. I have a section called Point and Point Counterpoint, where I, I describe this side of the issue, that side of the issue. Um, so it's, um, there's, you know, again, I'm a fan of Syracuse. And- right. He, uh, you know, he's a polarizing figure amongst fans, too. So you've got, you know, you've got the group of people, like, I, I would say I'm a, I'm a Jim Boeheim apologist. I I'll make the case for Jim Beheim any day, but you've got people and you know, a lot of them are good friends of mine that think, uh, you know, Syracuse at this point with the talent they've had should have more national championships, but you know, so you kind of address that situation. That's the type of thing I deal with. That's just one of several. Okay. All right. Well, uh, can you briefly take us through the process, you know, that you use to write the book? Well, like I said, I've been a Syracuse fan, um, around 2010. I started to write the book with the idea that Bayham was going to retire in the next two, three, four years, which was speculated widely back then. Yeah. But then, um, uh, so all of then now he wants to coach Buddy. Right. So I, I said, I can't wait for five more years. So I started it in 2010, and I've been working on it off and on periodically for about eight years. So, um, I talked to probably about 150 people over that course of time, maybe more. Uh, basically, the bulk of the book is on uh, the people who know Beheim best. Right. For example, I talked to his best friend growing up in Lyons, New York, uh, with a you know, series, series of interviews. Uh, his teammates spent a lot of very lengthy interviews with all of his teammates who, uh, who knew him when, they, when he played at Syracuse as a student, as, a, as an athlete, as a person. Um, and the coaches who know him the best, Krzyzewski knows he's one of his best friends, Patino, uh, Vitel. So when you talk to a lot of people, 
as you know, they're all going to give you a similar story or a similar take. And that happened a lot. Some of the, all that is not in the book uh, because when they said similar things, I chose to go with the people who I thought were more credible and knew them the best. Um, so that as the bulk of the book, I also did um, a, an awful lot of research um, all through the eight years. And then as a member of the media covering Alabama football and basketball, whenever coaches would come into town or, or, or writers and so forth, uh, you know, in the press box, press row, you know, I, I knew I was writing a book, so I'd ask them, uh, uh, you know, a couple of questions, get a quote, get a story. You know, it was just a combination of things uh, over eight years of a period of time. And one of the things that the reviewers said was that they were impressed with the amount of research I put into it. So that's kind of the process. Yeah, 150. You said over 150 people are I around I that. Didn't count them. I didn't count them, but I mean, right. over eight years, I talked to a lot of people. I mean, eight, eight years is a long time to take to write a book, and that's a that's a process that that goes slow anyway. But you know, it shows a lot of patience. You wanted to get it right, obviously, and uh, yeah, that that's impressive. Um, so, is that how you would describe the book? It's kind of like a story filled book, or um... well, it's not it's not a bio, uh, biography on Bam. It's not a right. Bam biography. It's not a straight narrative per se. Uh, it starts out with. Um, the highlights of Beheim's career. Then it uh, talks about growing up in uh, Lions, New York, uh, playing in the Eastern League. And then it more or less chronicles the seasons. But there's stories interwoven. So it's not a just straight you know, narrative. Right. Uh, so um, that's pretty much uh, the gist of it. Okay. Is Is there any, like... Is there sections in the book or parts of the book that Syracuse fans might be more captivated by? Something that they would, uh, maybe something they didn't know or would be, you know, excited to hear? Yeah, I think there's, um, well, there's the, depends, it all depends on what interests particular, <laughs> particular right. reader. Right. But I think there's chapters on um, the, uh, the beginning of the Big East, the rivalry in the Big East, the Carrier Dome. John Thompson yeah. rivalry. Yeah, that's all detailed. Awesome. Uh, yeah, the the rivalry with UConn. Sure. Uh, then I got an entire chapter on those three, the rivalry between Syracuse, Georgetown, and UConn. That's a separate uh, separate section all by itself. Um, it's just it just covers a lot of. Here's what I think it's going to interest people. Okay. In my opinion, with with the Carrier Dome, with the um, TV exposure with those rivals we just talked about. Syracuse was in the limelight nationally. I think at Syracuse, a lot of unique things happened there. And I think that to me, Syracuse seemed to do things a little more pizzazz. You know, I just, uh, Pearl Washington shot. Oh, you yeah. Know, Sherman, uh, with, um, Douglas hiking the ball between his legs. <laughs> I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about there, yeah, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. There's a whole bunch of these things that, that, that go on at Syracuse with just a little more pizzazz. Like, like, it's like Harlem like, Globetrotter stuff. Yeah, yes. Um, so, and um, I can't think of his name. Um, Dennis Duval in the, in the um, when he was uh, playing in the, in the late 60s or early, early 70s, I forget. He had that Globetrotter routine. I mean, the, the, the Manly Fieldhouse was rocking. Right, so, yeah. Just uh, the whole thing 
is, was a, to me a compelling story and an interesting story. And being a Syracuse fan, I just felt I could tell this story in an interesting way that people would enjoy reading it. Speaking of that, and um, some of the reviewers noted your writing style, that it's kind of a unique writing style. I mean, what do you think? Obviously, we haven't read the book. It's not out yet. But what do you think they meant by that? Well, the way I speak about this book is I, I try to paint a picture. I try to write descriptively. We talked about the Manly Fieldhouse atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's many bios in there on Pearl Washington, um, Carmelo, Anthony, uh, G-Mac, Billy Owens, Derek Ola. I try to describe it, and whether we're talking about people or events or whatever, in a way that if you remember it, you kind of relive it. And if you were too young, you'll get an idea of what it was about. Right, so which is... On, on purpose, I tried to write it descriptively like that, and I tried to paint a picture so you can kind of see and envision what was really going on. I tried my best to do that. So I, I tried to be a little creative in places to, to do that. Um, yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of young, there's a lot of young fans. I mean, I'm only, I'm only pushing 40 myself. So I remember, you know, the Sherman Douglas, Derek, I'm on uh, Ronnie Cycli and, yeah. you know, Pearl, the Pearl days and stuff like that. But beyond that, you know, you've got to read about it. So, um, also I, I, I take, I try to do a real descriptive job of the six overtime game with UConn. Oh yeah, yeah. Duke one, Duke two. You know, Syracuse Duke one, Duke two. Sure. Uh, when uh, CJ Fair was called for the charge, uh, was it against the national, the national championship game? I, I tried to write these things, like I say, descriptively, so that if you if you if you lived it, you remember it. If you don't, you get some idea of what it was about. So that's what I what I would call uh, unique. The way I try to try to do that. Well, what in what in the book, what part of the book, or what a, what's maybe one of the stories that you would pick out as a Syracuse fan as one of your favorite? Well, I think the chapter with, um, with Bayheim as a player with Bing, how all his teammates describe Bayheim. You got to remember, these, these are his friends to his day, but they didn't hold back. They were honest in their opinions and, and, uh, and the way they described them, and it was funny. Um, so I think that was um, uh, funny. You know, want me to read just an excerpt, excerpt on oh, something else? Oh, absolutely. That'd be great. Uh, see how, how I do on an excerpt here. But I didn't uh, do this interview, but Dana O'Neill. I mean, uh, you heard. Uh, uh, okay. Patino may have recognized that Bayham was smart, but USA Today uh, columnist Dana O'Neill reported about a time. Patino thought he had a leg up on his boss. Patino told O'Neill that the two were recruiting Rich Shrigley. And since Patino had had the most contact with Shrigley and therefore knew the most about him, that he would do all the talking when the two went to New Hampshire for a home visit. I got this. I know everything about this kid. I'll do all the talking, a confident Patino told O'Neill, emphasizing that he repeated that to Beheim to let the head coach know that Patino thought he had an edge up in prying Shrigley away from North Carolina State, which was also pursuing the young man. In pushing Syracuse, Patino pointed out how Shrigley would be a better fit for the Orange than he would be for the Wolfpack when Shrigley's mother interrupted by saying, yes, I told Norman that. Surprised that the mother referred to NC State coach Norman Sloan as casually by his first name, Bayan piped in, do you know Coach Sloan? Yes, he's my brother. 
Taken back by his lack of awareness, Bettino said, after that, I didn't say a word the rest of the night. Recalling the recruiting, recruiting trip, and, and though he had lost the recruit, Bam, who may, remained lifelong friends with Patino, thought the coincidence was hilarious. Yeah, I'll do all the talking, he kept telling me. <laughs> that's excellent. So that's uh, what I talk about, interweaving a story in with the uh, you know, yep. chapter. So it breaks the flow, and uh, that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's not a straight narrative. Right. Um, so... Uh, it, real quick to go back, you mentioned Duke one and Duke two. Those those were like such they were such intense games. You know, brings you back to almost you know a lot of Syracuse fans say as far as basketball goes that Syracuse Duke would be a new rivalry. But I I kind of feel I I see part of that. But on the other side, Duke has UNC. But those two games where you know they won the first one and then. C.J. Fair gets called for the charge on Rodney Hood. So I have to ask you, was Rodney Hood in position to take that charge? It depends. On, <laughs> depends what, what, if you're what coach, coach of what team. If you ask uh, uh, Bayheim, he's going to say, you know, that call went against us. If you uh, ask your chefs, he's going to say, no, it was a great call. <laughs> right, absolutely, yeah. So, well, that was that was the, you know, the, the old, the, the classic uh, tearing the coat off game where he was ejected and yeah, that, was, that was, yeah, that, that, that was the second game. Was it? That was, the, yes. Um, yeah. It was the, the year after was, or no, was, same year. I'm sorry. It was the same year as the second game. Yeah. All that's, that's, that's why Duke won Duke two. That's all described too. That's, that's hilarious. Right. Is okay. Um, that's see, that will be my favorite part. Okay. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, because my brother and I, we grew up in Syracuse in a house full of Syracuse fans, and my brother was so spiteful. This was probably late 80s, early 90s. The kid was so spiteful that he could not stand all of us cheering for the Syracuse Orange, that he became a Duke fan. So I've had, <laughs> and he was just, he was younger than me, so I've had this this animosity towards Duke for a, for a long time, long before Syracuse entered the ACC, so I'll be looking forward to that. Um, so, you know that that Syracuse and Duke will never become the rivalry of Georgetown UConn. Where you know why? Because Bettino and I'm sorry, uh, uh, Shashevsky and Bayham are best friends. Yeah, they're they're really close. Yeah, uh, uh, even said he says I I don't can never envision them being rivalry because you know they got too much respect for each other. I think, you know, because Jim Beheim, because he respects Jim Beheim so much, I mean, you can see it in post-game press conferences and things, you can tell the mutual respect there, and it kind of, it, it makes Syracuse fans, at least for me anyway, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it makes me like Shashevsky. Like, I respected the guy, but, you know, I, re- I respected him, but I, he's a likable guy. I mean, you know, he's brilliant. And so, Beheim said there's, there was no love lost between him and John Thompson. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yes, that's why that could be a rivalry. But those two guys have too much respect. They like each other. You know, it's uh, they, they compete hard, but off the court, they're best friends. So that will never get the intensity level off the court that the way, you know, Manly Fieldhouse is closed. Maybe, yeah, I will give you that on the court and in between coaches. But between fans, it's the tension is thick. I, I can guarantee you that. And it also depends on what era you're growing up in. The, the older people will say the rivalry is Syracuse-Georgetown. Right. The younger, the people who come a little later will say it was UConn because Georgetown started to fall off. 
and you kind of became, you know, a powerhouse. Uh, so depends on what area you're growing up in on what you think is the biggest rivalry. But I, like I said, I got a whole chapter dealing just with that rivalry and who I think comes out on top. All right. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. Um, real quick, let me get your thoughts on this year's team. Well, let me say oh, one more thing. Go ahead. Thing. Go ahead. Uh, I want to explain to you what I think is one of the most gratifying things about writing the when I finished the book or, or writing it. It's that uh, Bayheim's teammates and his, who remain his friends to this day uh, liked the book. They endorsed the book. They said it was accurate. So, I mean, like I said, I did a lot of interviews with those guys. And, um, and to get their approval that they think it was accurate and so forth, that's gratifying to me. And I always, people say, is it a good book? I, I, I think it's a good book. But don't believe me. Read what Dave Bing said. Yeah. Read what uh, Rich Duffy said. Read what George Hicker said. Uh, and Vitel. Take their word for it. Don't take my word for it. And it's, you know, it's what, 408 pages? Well, it's 300, uh, things 376. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just got it yesterday myself. That's exciting, right? Yeah. You just got it yesterday. The cover's great. I love the cover with Jim Beheim yelling at somebody, which is classic. And <laughs> it's what we're used to seeing, right? Yeah, um, I, think, I think it'll make a, a good Christmas gift or a holiday gift for somebody. Absolutely. Uh, if you're a Syracuse fan. Yeah, and we'll um we'll obviously we'll talk about that at the end, but we'll get this out on our social media sites. But I want to pick your brain real quick about this year's team because this is the first time Syracuse has had five starters returning since the 98-99 season. And then on top of that, we get to watch history as Jim Beheim gets to coach Buddy and and we get the uh you can get the you know the uh the freshman stare from coach Beheim to his son. I mean, it's going to be classic. It's going to be amazing to watch these years. What do you think? What do you think first about this year? Well, obviously like you just said, they got five starters returning. That's unusual nowadays because with the one and duns and stuff like that, but he's got five coming back. They went to the, the, the sweet 16 last year. So, um, you know, the, the core is there. They're, they're years more experienced. They know the system. They know the defense. And then he's yeah. got some boot- some good kids coming in to supplement. Mm-hmm. As always, he's got people who can play multiple positions. And this year, compared to last year, he's got a lot more depth, which means that uh, he can substitute more and, and apply pressure more. He can run more without fear, being afraid of getting in foul trouble. So everything looks like if last year was pretty solid, especially at the end, this year should be better. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got, I mean, you mentioned about, you know, you don't get the you don't get the five starters returning often, right. and the big part about the the turnover rate, especially with Syracuse basketball, is the defense. It's always that it takes that it takes those few you know uh, non conference games to get through, where you have to have the team learn the defense. The defense was awesome last year, and they struggled. Our yeah, the defense was awesome. They struggled offensively because Tyus Battle had to carry that team largely by himself some games. But this year, there's all sorts of options. And I think Beheim plans on going um, 10 deep. So uh, how do you see it offensively? Obviously, well, they, got, they got a lot more firepower. Yeah. Uh, they got some three-point shooters. Uh, Buddy Beheim's a good three-point shooter coming in. Yeah. Uh, so uh, often there's, they'll be good offensively. Last year, they defense you know, was the reason they, they won those games. But this year he's got some firepower, and uh, 
He's got the three-point shooters, and Tyus Battle will not have to be carry the team on his shoulders. He wanted to be the, the big man every time out. Uh, so, and it's it's going to make everybody a little, a little fresher, uh, especially toward the end of the game, overtime games. So it's going to be a big difference. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. And uh, the book comes out November thirteenth. But is there anything else? Uh, you want to add to wrap well, this up? If anybody, if anybody wants it, uh, a signed copy or a um, um, personalized copy, they can uh, email me at dstaffo64 g- at gmail.com, dstaffo64 at gmail.com, and I'll send them a, a signed personalized copy because the publisher's in New York City. So I, you know, I'm going to go up to Syracuse and do some uh, book signings the week, I think, November 4th through the 10th. I'll be up there. But except for that, um, if they want signed personalized copies, they'll have to order through me, uh, dstaffo at uh, dstaffo64 at gmail.com. All right. Uh, and and I'll, I will uh, put all that out on my social media sites along with our discussion here. Again, the book is called Jim Beheim and Syracuse Basketball in the Zone. And the Ford is written by Syracuse legend Dave Bing. And you've got all sorts of endorsements on there. And the front cover endorsement is from Dick Vitale. So go out. Great Christmas one gift. On, one more thing on Dave Bing. Sure. Uh, I just was looking for Dave Bing just to write, just to endorse the book. But he, when my communication with Dave, he liked the book. He really liked it. You know, he really said it's an outstanding book. I said, Dave, would you like, would you like to do the forward? So then I, he said, yeah, I'll be happy to do it forward. And I, I read that, actually. Yeah. He I said, was... yeah, I'll be happy to do it. So um, that's how that happened. But I just looking for him to endorse it like anybody else. But he said, I said, do you feel like it that much? I'd appreciate it. He said, sure. I'm happy to. Well, that's awesome. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming on. I really look forward. Like I said, I pre-ordered mine. And I may even hit you up on email. So, right. And I might, give, I, I might give the one I just bought off of Amazon – away for Christmas. And I think I'm going to hit you up on email. Awesome. That would be great. Dr. Donald Staffo. Thanks again for joining us again. The book is called Jim Beheim and Syracuse basketball in the zone. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Well, there you have it. He enjoyed it. And I hope you did too. I know I did. So go out, make us look good. Uh, pre-order this book. I think you can pre-order it on Amazon. I think there's a discount. I think it might only be like 16 or 18 bucks on Amazon is what I got mine for. Um, but what I would do and what I'm going to do is I'm going to give my Amazon copy away and I'm going to email him at dstaffo64 at gmail.com. That's D-S-T-A-F-F-O-6-4 at gmail.com. Tell him you want a personalized copy. You'll pay for it, of course, and then he'll send it to you just like that. You know, it's not every day that a book comes out on Jim Beheim and Syracuse basketball. So especially one that's this extensively researched, you know, since 2010, he's been writing the book. Hell, it's almost 2019. It's not even out yet. So uh, I want to give Dr. Don Staffo a special thanks for taking time out of his day to join us. It means a ton to us. I hope you enjoyed it. So that's it. Until after UNC, for Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. This has been the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. Be heard. Contact us on Facebook at Q's Militia Podcast and tweet at us using hashtag Q's Militia.
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.